Sometimes you have no clue how to respond to people when they say or do something awful. I address that and so much more on my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, personal empowerment coach and host of this show I call The Overwhelmed Brain. Everything I talk about in this show should not be mistaken for actual medical advice or treatment and is intended to be for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical treatment. I want to motivate you in this first segment because there's a lot of people, and maybe you're one of them, walking around with fears, anxiety, uh, panic, what else? general nervousness, um, stuff that you don't want to feel, stuff that you don't like, feelings that you don't want to carry around with you. Uh, You're holding on to this stuff and you're walking into everyday life situations with this undertone inside of you. You know that undertone? I mean, if you're not walking around like this, then this doesn't apply to you. But if you are walking around with this undertone, I mean, I, I walked around with this undertone for a long time. I put on a fake smile and I would go to work and I would go to recreational events and um, I would have a good time at these events. I would be okay at work, but there was a place inside of me, what I like to call your homeostatic state, where you level off between the highs and the lows and when nothing else is going on in your life, you level off to this homeostatic or balance point in between. I mean, you can almost look at it in between the pendulum swings. Like um, a pendulum swings way up to one side and you're thrilled and you're having the time of your life and everything's great. And then the next day it swings way over to the other side and your life is miserable and you're upset or you're angry or you're sad or you're in fear. And then... The next day it swings up and, I mean, it almost sounds bipolar when I explain it that way, but I'm not talking about any type of chemical imbalance. I'm talking about when you go through everyday life circumstances and your equilibrium, your balance, your homeostasis is a general feeling of unease, uncomfortableness, uh, maybe some fear, maybe some sadness. When you feel that way, then it's hard to enjoy life. It's hard to get into life. It's hard to get into the activities that you do in life. It's even hard to make decisions because when you make decisions, you base it on your homeostatic state. I mean, if you want to look at why your decisions turn out the way they do, where are you when you level off? Are you generally content? Are you generally comfortable? Is your life pretty balanced? Because I guarantee if that's your homeostatic state, when nothing else is going on and you're just at rest pretty much, then your decisions are probably turning out pretty well. But if your homeostatic state is any form of uh, either a mix of that and fears or anxiety or you're holding on to upset of some sort, or you're in denial, or whatever you're holding on to when you're at rest, that's where your decisions come from too. Like almost any decision in life. 
but especially when it comes to the harder decisions. And I'm talking about um, when you're dealing especially with toxic people. A lot of the times, we'll make decisions in our life based on how toxic people respond to our decisions. And I'm going to give you a piece of advice today that you're not going to like <laughs> because it is challenging. But this piece of advice is something that I took myself after I gave it to myself. I had to take it. <laughs> I gave it to myself in a critical moment of decision. My decision was my stepfather showing up at my mom's house after they were divorced for a while and she was finally rid of this abusive, aggressive person. He showed up, I was there, and I had a decision to make. Wow, do I let this person in or do I deny him access? If I let him in, then that's bad for my mom, that's even bad for me because I have chosen to keep this toxic person out of my life, yet here he is showing up at my mom's uh, front door. And I tell you what, when that happened, when he showed up, guess who showed up inside of me? My little boy inside of me, the, the little child that lived in fear when I was a kid and lived at home. This fearful little child kicked back in when I saw this person. Here I am, up towering above him, <laughs> six foot four, over this older, shorter person that I, I knew that, quote, I could take <laughs> if I had to. But, you know, physical prowess doesn't kick in in those moments, especially with family. So I'm looking down at him and my child kicks in and starts to have all this fear. But I recalled all the personal growth and healing that I've done over the years. And why isn't that kicking in? I was wondering, where is that now? <laughs> And uh, right at that moment, and, and this all happened in slow motion, this is what happens when you are faced with the possibility of making a different choice for the first time in your life. Things slow down or your brain works faster. I don't know, but it feels like everything just slows down. And that was what was happening for me. Everything just slowed down and gave me time to make these decisions. It all happened in nanoseconds still. But I felt like time was slowing down, uh, giving me the opportunity to make a choice. The choice was not easy because it was a choice of, do I show up as the little boy who uh, is scared and believes that he will be hurt in some way if he defies his stepfather? Or do I show up as the adult that's gone through all this healing and change and uh, has developed confidence and has gone through a lot of fires and trials in life and has been to hell and back in some ways. Here I am uh, feeling so confident in myself for all these years and now I'm faced with one of the biggest challenges in my life. The person that was the main source of all the dysfunction uh, in my childhood and the reason I developed a lot of uh, skewed perceptions of the world in the first place. Here he is, <laughs> right in front of me, and now I have this choice to make. And so in these nanoseconds, um, like I was saying, I threw in the choice of, hey, you can say 
no, you're not allowed to come in. Or you can be that little child and let him run the show and say, oh, uh, hi, um, sure, come on in. I mean, that's probably what it would have sounded like too. <laughs> but uh, that, that was my choice. And I realized in that moment as these nanoseconds were going by and I'm having all these thoughts that I was about to base my choice on the, the fear of the consequences instead of doing what was right. And that makes all the difference in the world when you focus on what's going to happen if you make the choice instead of doing the right thing, then you'll make a different choice. This is why it's so important to build or rebuild your self-esteem, your confidence and your self-worth and walk around in life in a healthier, balanced state. So when nothing is going on in your life, you're not holding on to a lot of uh, negativity. That undertone of negativity isn't there. Because when it's not there, you will tend to make healthier choices. But when it is there, I mean, that's why you're listening to the show or that's why you're doing all the healing and growing and trying to figure yourself out and trying to get through all the problems that, you're, that you might have in your life. That's why you're doing this. And one of the steps to decrease that negative undertone that you might have is making different choices at critical times and facing a toxic person in your life and making a different choice is one of those critical times because your choice may have always been to submit and not cause a problem. I don't want to cause any trouble. If I cause any trouble, then things will get worse. Don't focus on causing trouble. Don't focus on the consequences of what will happen. Focus on doing what you know to be right, especially if you've done any type of healing and growth and you feel confident in all these other areas of your life and you want to continue going in that direction. Because as soon as you make the, the other choice to submit, to be the fearful child that had those old beliefs, as soon as you become that child and make your decision from there, it's a step back. It's like handing someone your freedom to be happy. Here's my happiness. Take it. I don't want it. I don't want you to do that. I want you to do something that is going to sound harsh. And that is take the bullet. I told a client this the other day, take the bullet. <laughs> and that means the conclusion that you're making about the decision you're about to make might come true. So you take that proverbial bullet just in case it does. What does that mean? That means, uh, for example, when I was standing in front of my stepfather and I chose to defy him for the first time in my life because I didn't want that little child inside of me to run the show anymore, I chose to take the proverbial bullet. And in this case, I believed he was going to punch me. I literally believed he was going to punch me in the face as soon as I said, I'm sorry, you can't come in. You're not welcome here. I honestly thought he was going to punch me in the face. So I was willing to accept the consequences, even though it was something I absolutely didn't want in my life. It's stepping in as the adult who's seen a lot, who's done a lot, who's healed a lot, and said, no, I don't want this for my life. I am here to protect this little child inside of me. I am here to protect my family, my mom, and I am here to protect who I am today.
That's a totally different place to come from. That's a totally different way to show up if you have not done that before. And when you do, that changes your homeostasis. That changes your balance point between the pendulum swings. The pendulum swings one way, you're happy and everything's great. It swings the other way, life sucks and <laughs> you're upset and you're afraid. And then when it goes in the middle, how do you feel then? Is there an undertone of negativity? Because that undertone decreases every time you make a hard choice and take the proverbial bullet. And taking the bullet, that's the hardest part. I know it is. It's a huge leap of faith. It's the kitten walking into the lion's den, knowing that he doesn't have a chance, but damn it, he's sick and tired of being afraid. In that moment, I got sick and tired of being afraid. I didn't want to be afraid of him anymore. And especially, I needed to walk my talk. <laughs> I needed to know that I could do this so that not only I could grow inside myself and rebuild a homeostasis that I was comfortable with, a foundation that I could rely on so that next time hard stuff happens, I know I can make the right choice and survive. I, I needed to know that I could do that. Plus, I teach this stuff. <laughs> I can't just tell you, honor your personal boundaries without taking those big leaps of faith uh, myself and finding out what happens. And since this event, I've tested different things that used to scare me over and over again. I don't want to tell my girlfriend, otherwise she might be upset. No, I've dropped that line of thinking. And now I tell her, even though she might be upset. What if she leaves me? That used to be a thought of mine. What if she leaves me? What if she's mad at me? What if uh, she never gets over it? I don't care. I'm going to tell her because that's who I am today. The scared little child in me is not running the show anymore. You know who the scared little child is, right? Do you have one of those inside of you? Because when I think about my childhood, I think about how I felt like I was in uh, an emotional prison and even a physical prison because when you're a child, you're limited to the house you live in with the people that you live with, uh, with the yard, if you have one, uh, the, the streets or the parking lots that you play in carefully, <laughs> and um, the, the limitations of where you can walk because eventually you're going to have to come back to the house that you live in and be with anyone that might be toxic around you if they are. And those toxic people, because you are trapped, because that's what it feels like, you have to develop beliefs and perceptions and behaviors and apply those beliefs, perceptions, and behaviors so that you stay safe. When I was a child, in order to stay safe, I said nothing that might make my stepfather angry. So that caused me to be very careful what came out of my mouth. And it didn't matter if I had personal boundaries or not, as long as I didn't make him angry. As long as I didn't, what I like to call, invoke drunk dad behavior. If I didn't invoke that behavior, then I was safe. And then I would fine-tune my own behavior so that I didn't invoke drunk dad behavior. And I kept fine-tuning my own behavior, fine-tuning my own behavior, until I found the perfect formula to keep me safe. And then I took this fearful, imprisoned, trapped 
a child with these beliefs, behaviors, and perceptions. And then when I finally moved out of the house, I took this fearful, imprisoned, trapped child with all these beliefs and perceptions about the world and these behaviors that only served an abuser. I took all of that into my adult world and I started interacting with safer people but applying these old behaviors. Do you know what happens when you apply old dysfunctional behaviors with people outside of the circle of dysfunction that you used to be in? You screw everything up. <laughs> you screw up your life. You uh, mess up relationships. You uh, mess up jobs. Uh, or if you don't mess them up, you burn out inside because you're pretending to be someone that you don't want to be anymore. You don't want to be this child that's holding on to these beliefs that no longer serve you. You don't want to be this uh, child that feels like he or she is trapped, imprisoned, and limited in behavior. You don't want to do that. So what you have to do is start putting your toe in the water to find out if the water is okay to swim in. And then you put more toes and then you put your foot in the water and you keep doing so until you realize, oh, the people I'm around don't have the same dysfunctions that the people I grew up with have. They might though, because usually what happens is when we move out, we find people that are very similar to the people that we were around most and then they become the receiver of our dysfunction. And sometimes they're dysfunctional too, or many times. And our life repeats itself because that child is still in charge. So I'm here to motivate you to get that child out of the driver's seat. If that child inside of you felt at all uh, in some sort of emotional prison, felt at all restricted to be anything more than they wanted to be, felt fear of any sort, if that child is still running the show for you and you're making decisions based on those childhood beliefs, then it's time to step in as the adult and go, you know what? I got this. <laughs> I'll take care of this and I'll take the bullet. That's a proverbial bullet. You're still choosing your battles wisely. You're still not going to face a, a known violent person who will absolutely hurt you. You are going to choose your battles wisely. Uh, in my case, I felt old enough, big enough, and strong enough that if a physical altercation took place, that I could handle myself. That may not be what it is for you. Maybe what it is for you is something a lot different. But, you know, I have clients that have to deal with dysfunctional family members, and those dysfunctional family members have almost always been emotionally abusive, which, yes, is abuse just like anything else, but you know you're not going to have any physical scars from it. There are people in your life that you know are capable of emotionally abusing you, but you're not going to walk away with a broken leg. You're not going to walk away with a black and blue on your face. If you're dealing with people like that, that are that physically abusive, then you probably don't want to face them and you probably don't want them in your life. Great. Keep them out of your life. Do whatever you can. But the people that have uh, put us through any type of emotional abuse and sometimes even physical abuse. If you've been physically abused, but now you're no longer that child in that same situation, 
you can still make choices that are scary. But at your discretion, I want you to make choices that are right for you and your family. And that might mean facing situations that you have always been afraid to face and just walking through the fire, taking that proverbial bullet. When I told my stepfather, sorry, you're not allowed to come in, I was waiting for the punch. <laughs> but I was willing to take the bullet because I was tired of being afraid. That's where I want you to get. I want you to be tired of being afraid and take the bullet because what's going to happen? From my own experience, time after time after time, every time I've tested this, what happens is that I strengthen inside, my homeostatic state becomes more comfortable, more happy, and what I believed was going to happen didn't happen. In fact, quite the opposite. Every time. I, I almost said almost every time, but no, every time I've done this, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen, and I grew inside. I grew more confident and more comfortable. I grew more confident and more comfortable, and that's how I walk around most of the time now. Don't let the child inside you run the show. You step in as the adult who's been through so much and wants to protect that child inside of you and also protect your way of life because you don't want other people destroying that. And if you're afraid to take that proverbial bullet, I want you to focus on one thing at the time of critical choice. You know the time of critical choice, right? It's the moment that you normally respond to something that would either enable more toxicity and dysfunction or change it and or stop it. It's that moment. Like the moment I had. I could have absolutely said, oh, oh, come on in. Uh, yeah, she's home. I'll, I'll go get her. That fearful child could have been running the show. And in that moment, I could have let that happen, which would have continued the dysfunction. It would never end. That cycle would never end because he's not going to change. <laughs> in order for this situation to get any better, I have to change. I have to change my choice. That's the critical moment of decision. So when you take that chance, that's when change happens and that's when your life changes. And taking that bullet, uh, it's the scariest leap of faith you'll ever take. <laughs> I know it is, but uh, what I want you to focus on is not what might happen when you do it. It's doing the right thing for you. That's it. That's the only shift in focus. I need to do the right thing in this moment. Don't let your mind float into the future and go, well, if I do it, then this might happen or this might happen or this might happen. Just don't focus on that. Ask yourself, what's the right thing I need to do today? What's the right thing I need to do right now? What's the right choice? You know the right choice. You know the choice you want to make. Just focus on that. There's my motivational talk for this episode. I might work on motivating you later. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. But uh, I hope this helps wherever you are in life and maybe either improve relationships in your life or maybe those relationships need to change or just not exist at all. But one way or another, once you do this once, it does get easier and life does get better. This segment is called Ask Paul. This is where I read a listener email on the air and do my best to help them through a challenge or two. I received an email uh, way back in December and it is uh, March now, for those of you listening uh, years later. <laughs> but this email was um, rather long and very much filled with every possible thing that could have gone wrong in life for this person. And uh, 
She grew up um, being made fun of by almost everyone under the sun because of her weight. And then she got into abusive relationships and she has a terrible job and her children eventually had lots of problems and she's even afraid to pick up the phone to talk to one of them. And it goes on and on and on and on. And even her therapist said, uh, you have too many problems. I can't help you. And I read that and I'm like, what? <laughs> what kind of therapist says that? And, uh, you know, she said it was a work therapist, some work program and that they don't get into it that deep. But I'm thinking still, how could someone who counsels or coaches or gives you therapy, how come they can't do anything? How come they can't help you make one small change or help you practice one small thing in your life? And I don't want to read this letter to you. It has, like I said, just about everything in there. But I wanted to comment on it because she's in a situation now. She's married again, and uh, there's a lot of dysfunction in the marriage, and she doesn't want to start over at her age, and uh, everything is just not working out for her. Yet she doesn't want to start over, and she doesn't want to be alone. So what do you do when you have just every single path leads to more problems? What do you do? Can you do anything? Well, I think the first thing to do is to um, listen to the first segment of this show because a lot of having all these problems is usually because you exacerbate the problems. It's usually because your behavior today allows a problem or a toxicity or a dysfunction to continue when you don't have to allow it. And the way you figure out that you are often responsible for allowing it to happen is that you look at the choices that you're making and you think about uh, the choices you could make instead that would change things. However, we often don't make new choices. We just make the old choices. If I make the old choices, everything will be okay. But it's not okay because everything in your life is crazy. It's chaos. And I'm here to say that as you make the same decisions in life, chaos continues. Chaos doesn't go away. People don't change. You have to change. Just like I said in the last segment, you have to change. And so I look at this letter and I go, how could someone not give you any piece of advice? When it comes down to it, and uh, I know what I'm about to say sounds uncaring and unloving, but it's quite the opposite, I assure you. When it comes down to it, the past doesn't matter. It's what choices you make today and the behavior you do today that matters. And that's what changes how you feel about things. I'm not saying that you never visit the past. I'm not saying that you never um, process things that have happened in the past so you can heal. In fact, I'm all about that. But when there's just so much that has happened, uh, sometimes you tend to blame your entire life, everything that happened to you on who you are today and how you feel today. I know. I mean, I've done that for a long time. Oh, poor me. You know, this happened to me. So that's why I am the way I am today. Or that's why I make the decisions I make today. I felt that way in the past. And I, I know a lot of people that feel that way. Like if my dad never beat me, I would never be this way. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm not going to take that away from you. The way you are was shaped by your past. 
But here you are today, making decisions today that shape your future. So the question is, will you perpetuate that cycle or will you change it? Because in order for your life to change so you start feeling better, you have to make different choices. If, for example, this uh, letter writer uh, doesn't like to be alone, well, it sounds like you may have to make the choice to be alone. Seriously. And, and I hate to say that because I, I don't know your entire situation. Maybe you can't be alone. Maybe you're disabled. I don't know. But I want you to think along the lines of that kind of drastic change. And typically what happens is that what you don't want to experience in your life, what you don't want to happen, is usually what needs to happen in order for you to reach a new place inside of you. Because the avoidance and the resistance of that thing happening is what is keeping you where you are. Now, let me explain that. I avoided confrontation with my stepfather at all costs. You know who I'm talking about. I just talked about him in the last segment. I avoided confrontation for 40 years because I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to find out what would happen. I just figured, avoid confrontation and avoid him. And then my life will be fine. But that kept the uncomfortableness inside of me. And that kept me making decisions that weren't necessarily healthy and good for me. I just kept avoiding it. Until one day I didn't. I chose not to resist it anymore. And I confronted him. Guess what? That changed my life. It did. All those years of resistance. And all I had to do was face what I resisted. And it changed my life. And now I feel better. And now I don't have this undertone of misery that I carry around with me. I used to carry around. So there's one example. Another example is like when I was married. When I was married, I was highly judgmental. Uh, I hadn't gone through some of the healing and growth that I went through near the end of our marriage and what I've been continually going through up until today. Um, so I would you know, really get upset by the food that my wife would put in her mouth. That's junk food. That's full of sugar. And then I would be this not very good person. <laughs> I would not be pleasant to be with at, at that time. Um, and right at the end of our marriage, right when she was starting to just uh, drift away from me, uh, I asked myself the question, what would happen if I didn't care about what she ate? What would happen if I didn't care? And I tried that question on and I realized, wow, my life would be better. Our marriage would be better. Everything would be better. <laughs> so I'm going to take responsibility for this uh, person I've been and decide not to care what she eats and not give her dirty looks and not mention anything. And I tell you what, that changed things. That was like a dramatic change in things. And when she saw that in me, she was like, who are you? I mean, could you imagine she identified me with this emotionally abusive person and when I stopped being emotionally abusive, she didn't know who I was. That means that mostly how she identified me was bad. <laughs> she saw me in this negative light. She didn't know who I was when I wasn't being bad. And wow, what a realization that was. And it really helped me heal from my judgment issues and things like that, all because I chose to stop resisting and make different choices. 
if you, and, and this is what I'm talking about with the, the letter writer, if you continue showing up as the person you've always been, making the same choices, thinking that your life's going to go better because of that, because you're avoiding the things you're afraid of, because you're avoiding confrontations and you're avoiding honoring your personal boundaries because of the fear of the consequences, then you'll get the same thing. You'll continue the cycle of dysfunction and unhappiness and uh, just overall getting what you don't want in life indefinitely. This is why I think it's so important, and I'm going to call you uh, Cindy. This is why it's so important, Cindy, regardless of what you've been told at work or whoever was trying to help you, your past, yes, it's important and it happened and it shaped who you are today, but the choices you make today will shape how you feel tomorrow. And I want you to here to do this for me. I want you to take a piece of paper and write down everything that you're afraid of. And if you can't think of too many things, then the second column, <laughs> I want you to write down all the choices you want to make. Think about that. First column is everything I'm afraid of. Second column is all the choices I want to make. And I'm sure you'll come up with a bunch. Well, you know, when my husband says this, I'd rather say this. Well, when the person at work uh, does this, I'd rather do that than what I do now. Or um, when somebody flips me off in traffic, I would rather do this. <laughs> Some of this stuff you may not want to do legally, but um, I want you to write down, what would I rather do? Well, what choice would I rather make? And in the third column, write down what I think will happen if I make a different choice. And in the fourth column, I know I'm running out of paper, <laughs> what would really happen? So you have four columns, everything I'm afraid of, uh, the choices I'd rather make, what I think will happen if I make those choices, and what would really happen if I made those choices. And as you fill out what I think will happen and what, what will really happen, you're going to have two different uh, processes going on inside your mind. What I think will happen will be emotionally based. Well, you know, if I say that back, I think he's going to yell at me or hurt me or something like that. What will really happen is that your logical mind will kick in and you almost act as an outside observer and you go, no, what will really happen is this. You may not like it, but what will really happen is this. They may be the same sometimes, but maybe not. But this is a good exercise to start um, segmenting what's going on in your life so that you're not so controlled by your emotional state. You have to have some analyzation in life. Some logic has to kick in because uh, right now you're making decisions based on where you want to be emotionally. And I get that. We all do it. <laughs> it's exactly how we live our lives. Where do I want to be emotionally with this? I'm going to make the decision. But if everything in your life is just turning rotten, then I need you to take a break from emotional decisions. I need you to just do that because you need to jump into analyzation mode and go, well, what's the best course of action? And that kind of relates to column five. I don't know how you're going to do this on a piece of paper. There's just not enough room. <laughs> but write these down somewhere. Uh, column five or however you want to do this, question five would be, what would my best friend tell me to do? That's, that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> You'll have five um, questions or categories, which is, 
everything I'm afraid of, what choice I'd rather make in any situation that comes up, usually what you're afraid of, and uh, what I think will happen when I make that choice, what will really happen when I make that choice, and what would my best friend tell me to do, which may match the choice you'd rather make. By doing this exercise, it'll help you step out of the version of reality that you're currently in and start breaking apart and shaking up what you believe to be actuality, if that makes any sense. Because you probably have some program running inside of you that tells you you need to make this choice at this time no matter what. And you have to keep making that choice at this time no matter what. Yet, look at your results. Your results keep you in a place of miserableness. You keep ending up miserable from what your letter says. So what do you do? You have to make different choices. I don't want to start over. I'm, I'm too old in life. No, I don't care if you're 90. It's never too late to start over. What if you had an absolutely miserable life up until the age of, what, 80, 85, 90 years old? What if your, your life was entirely miserable and I said, hey, would you like to spend the last few years of life in happiness? Would you like to experience what it's like? Would you say, no, I don't want that? <laughs> or would you go, yes, give me a break. I just want a break. I just want something different. Most people would say yes. Some people might not. They might think, no, I'm comfortable in my uncomfortableness. Some people get that way. That's fine. But uh, I don't want you to stay uncomfortable if, you're, if you don't want to. I want you to start over because if life has been miserable up to this point, then what do you got to lose? <laughs> do something different. Start over. I mean, if you have to. I know that's a big statement and it's a loaded statement. But don't let it stop you thinking, oh, I don't want to start over. Oh, all that work involved. What do you mean? You've been miserable. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to lose here. You will gain something. You'll gain more clarity. You'll gain understanding of what works and what doesn't in your life. And you'll start honoring yourself differently. Just the one step of honoring yourself improves life. Even when you get results that you don't want, it improves life because you start to align with your own integrity. You start to align with who you want to be. And when your behavior aligns with who you want to be, you can lose a lot in life and feel pretty damn good that you made the right decision. Again, that's another big loaded statement. But if things have been so miserable and every path has led down uh, a terrible road and you get terrible results, then it's time to make some drastic decisions like that. You may have to start over and it may be the best damn thing that you've ever done uh, because up till now, nothing else has worked. So this is an extreme path, uh, especially for those where nothing has worked out. Cindy, I want something to work out in your life. If nothing is working out in your life, then you need to start taking some drastic measures because you probably have a belief system that is just not serving you well. You think the choices you're making are for your own good, but they're not. It's time to make new choices. Use those questions I gave you. Uh, I'll probably create a worksheet in the patron program. So if you're a patron member, you can just download that worksheet. I'll, 
organize it so it's easier, not just five columns. <laughs> and uh, I hope this helps you, Cindy. I hope this gives you something to look forward to, even though it's it's a massive change in your reality and a massive step out of uh, how you're feeling today. Oh, one thing, quick thing about that worksheet um, I'm talking about, uh, as far as you know, writing those things down and answering those questions. Um, the last question, what would my best friend tell me to do? We almost always know that our best friend has our best interest in mind. And because of that, we're usually going to trust what they say. That's why it's a good question to have. If your best friend told you what to do, what would they tell you? Because if you consider doing what your best friend told you to do, that's probably the right decision. I mean, you can go and ask your best friend if you want. But I want you to do this in your mind. I really want this to come out of your own mind. And of course, you can compare it to your friend's answers if you want. But I would really like you to do this. If you're in that situation where there's just so much that has happened in your life and nothing ever turns out right, then maybe this drastic step is needed. Thank you for writing that, Sydney. I wish you the best with that. And um, I appreciate you sharing all of that with me. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. We'll be right back with some thank yous and uh, my final thoughts, and then we'll close the show after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. To close the show, I'm going to um, respond to a message I got. I'm not going to read you the whole thing here, but I received a question from someone who says uh, she's worried about her, her boyfriend you know, like uh, messaging people that he used to message a while back. She said he was drunk one night and he sent some messages across the country to some women, but he was sorry and uh, she forgave him and it was a time when they were having a little falling out anyway, but she still can't get over it. She still thinks about it. She's having all these obsessive thoughts. Is he going to do it again? Is there going to be another falling out and that's where he goes and, you know, Life's too short to continuously have obsessive thoughts about that kind of stuff. You either come to a place of, you know what, I trust him and I'm just going to keep trusting him until he gives me evidence otherwise. You come to that place or you come to the place of, I'll never trust him so I need to make a decision that is healthy for me. Because if you don't trust him, then maybe being in that relationship isn't the best choice. Yes, I just gave you two extremely simplified answers. <laughs> it's a very, very deep subject. I've talked about it before on several episodes as far as like um, actual infidelity and thoughts about that and how can I trust him or her again and so on and so on. But the idea is to reach a place in yourself where you go, you know what, I, I'm either going to trust completely or not. Don't stay in the middle because if you have any doubts at all, then you don't trust. You don't. So can you stay in a relationship where you can't trust? That doesn't mean the other person's untrustworthy, but what are you bringing to the relationship? You are bringing mistrust. And your behavior is based on that mistrust. And everything that you think about is based on that mistrust. So you can either continue bringing this toxicity into the relationship or not. Now, I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm just saying what you bring into the relationship is the relationship that you end up with. And yes, you can look at this person and go, 
well, that person did those things, therefore I don't know whether to trust that person again. It's possible that you may never trust him again. So you really need to come to a conclusion to get some closure. Because right now you're stagnant. You're in between, I don't know whether to trust or not. So you're stuck. And because you're stuck, you're stuck in indecision. You're stuck in unhappiness. You are not committing to one path or another. My goal for me is to do my best to commit to one path or another. If I had any trust issues with my girlfriend, A, I would talk to her about it and tell her, you know, I have these issues with you and <laughs> I think you might do something and it bothers me. And I would have to hear what she said. And if she said, of course not, I'm not going to do anything that would betray you or hurt our relationship, then I would be like, oh, so it's really me. It's really me that I need to focus on. Hopefully she's telling the truth. But I have to come to a place inside myself where I go, okay, I'm being overreactive, I'm being oversensitive, and I'm just going to choose to trust. I'm going to choose it. It's a choice. And if any doubts come up, then I can go, well, I'm choosing to believe that something else might be going on here, so therefore uh, I need to resolve it in myself, or maybe I need to talk about it again, saying, look, I'm getting these weird vibes. <laughs> something's going on, or I feel like something's going on. And she says, you're crazy. What are you, what are you talking about? Explain it to me. Then I'll explain what I'm feeling. And she might still think I'm crazy. Or, what if I'm right? I mean, this is where we go, right? What if I'm right? What if my suspicions are correct? Well... If you've been listening to this show, we talked about the mixed signals and warning signs and what to look for and to trust your intuition. If I still felt that I was getting mixed signals or warning signs or red flags or whatever, then I need to make the decision. If she's saying, no, nothing's happening, but I'm still getting that feeling and I'm still seeing some signs, but her words don't match what I'm seeing then all of this doesn't add up. And if it doesn't add up, then you need to make decisions for you. You might need to make the decision without the other person. Because regardless if the other person is 100% honest or not, you can't live with this feeling. You can't stay in a relationship with the feeling of mistrust. You can't. And if you do, it's a recipe for unhappiness. So you have to make a decision that will work for you. It may hurt. You may not want to leave this person. But I guarantee you, if this person is honest, they don't want to be seen as dishonest. They don't want to be not trusted. So you either dive in 100% and take the chance that they are being honest with you, or you don't. But don't stay in the middle going, well, is he, isn't he? I think it's a bad place to be. And like I said, I've simplified this. It's a lot deeper topic that I've talked about before and I'll probably talk about again but you need to reach some sort of closure in yourself and if, and if you can't reach the closure that you want like I want to trust him 100% then you're not ready to commit to this relationship that may be hard now you may want to talk to somebody else about this like maybe just expressing yourself and this is something else that your letter said uh, you said you know I want to tell my mom but I have a feeling that she won't like him if I tell my mom. And I don't want to strain that relationship. 
should I tell her what happened? Is it going to hurt our relationship if I don't? And I say, well, your mom was there before him and your mom will probably be there after him. <laughs> and if you want to build trusting relationships in your life, then have one with your mom. I mean, if you've had a trusting relationship with your mom up to this point, then don't stop that. You don't have to hide this stuff. From what you're saying, you and your mom are really close and you tell each other things. So why wouldn't you? I am all about sharing things with people that you trust. If you want trusting relationships, you have to create trusting relationships. You have to be forthcoming. You have to be honest. And of all people, if you've been honest with your mom and now you don't want to be honest because you fear what she might think of him, then maybe you don't trust your mom. And maybe a lot of mistrust is coming from you in many ways. So that might be something to look at too. So I just wanted to talk about that and address that really quick. And if you have mistrusting relationships in your life that you're having trouble opening up to and being trusting, look at the other relationships in your life too. Are you being fully trusting and honest with those people as well? Because if you're not, then there's probably some uh, bleeding over going on. You probably have something inside of you that always has your guard up and you're afraid to be what you want to see from others. It's kind of like Gandhi-ish right there, right? <laughs> you're afraid to be what you want to see from others. So you have these fears because you haven't learned to address and be comfortable with the person you need to be or something like that. <laughs> so I hope this helps. Thank you for writing that letter and thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. And let me just leave you with this. You know, sometimes in order to create and maintain really healthy relationships, you have to keep your mind open. And you also shouldn't be afraid to step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. I want you to always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.